Hey, welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is James. looking dapper. You can look at his picture on our Twitter account, Real underscore Nerds, and I see wore, how great James looks. I wore a suit today. What a it is. Young lad. Just he is. Just he's like Don Draper. Just cause. except way more interesting. Yeah, and I am more interesting. Over uh, even farther from me is. Brad 2000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a callback. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, oh. It would be Andre 3000, but Brad is Brad 2000. So. I know. Why does he get a number? Dude, be. well, you need to start using a Schick Razor. Is that what it was for? No, or, it was a Gillette. A Gillette Pro Glide. It was a Jet Pro, Gillette Pro Glide. With I used the five-blade one. I think it works worse than the four do blade. you need five blades no i <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't understand that's shaving how I buy, anymore yeah. at all because that's, i don't do it but yeah, that's how i buy my razors is whatever on sale yeah but don't you have sell. to buy a new like razor then no i would get disposable because oh I what sheesh i shave like every other day oh i sh- i shave once a week and yeah, well you're and i only shave my neck <laughs> And my cheeks. You know, the other day I was working and some dude came into my store and he shaved everything but his neck. So he was actually rocking a neck beard. Dude. It looked great. <laughs> and that looks... are, are you sure that he just couldn't grow hair anywhere else? Oh, yeah. You could see like the stubble all around. It oh, was the what? most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Uh, he really wanted to be Amish. This week we saw John Carter. And we'll get to of that. Of Mars. Of Mars. And we'll get to that later. Um, but first we'll do a little box office roundup. Leading the way with a surprising... The industry was tracking them to do to, oh. to do fifty million. The Lorax did seventy point two million dollars oh, at the man. box office, which is the highest uh, non sequel computer animated movie that's not Disney or something. <laughs> it, it's I mean yeah. it's pretty prestigious because I mean it's um, you know and in March and for. I I forget how they worded it on um, box office Mojo, but it, it was pretty. It did really well. It did really well. It's basically eighteen thousand yeah. dollars per lo- per screen or something. A smash hit, as they say. Yes, it already yeah. made back its budget in its first week. And cost we gave million dollars. We gave that movie money. We did, and it was good. Oh, well. um, so yeah, so it made back its budget, and they're saying it might beat John Carter this week. Um, they probably will. Project X was number two with wow. twenty one million dollars. So it almost doubled its budget and in its first week. Yeah, they're already talking about a sequel. Yeah, they're saying it's really bad though. Project XI. <laughs> oh, that was a good. Brand. Project X squared. It's two times the party. Yeah, I feel like you would have to just make a different name. So that then... so that trailer would be two cars crashing into a pool. <laughs> I don't know. Such an unusual looking remake for a Matthew Broderick movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Where's a chimp that can fly? That's what I want to know. Um, number three was Act of Valor with thirteen point three million, which is. Do you guys know anybody who's seen that movie? No. But it's probably playing really well to those rednecks down in, God damn it. you know, the well, other parts. I, I mean, I've heard I've heard good things about it. Like I heard the, the action's really good, but the yeah. acting is terrible. Well, yeah, because it's not actors. Like, well, yeah. I, from what I've heard, there's like one actor in it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, if it's real missions and stuff, like, are you really acting or is? Yeah. I guess it was originally well, it's not gonna, real missions. It was originally going to be shot as like a recruitment video for people to no. join. Yeah. What? And then they. Just, Why would they ever expect there to be people to sign up because of a movie like that? That's crazy. <laughs> just yeah. Um, safe house. No house is safe. Seven point three million, which I think is gross something like almost one hundred thirty million dollars. It's going to be Denzel Washington's highest grossing movie. <laughs> Quietly, oh, man. Highest yeah. Grossing movie. And then Tyler Perry's Good Deeds with seven million. Was I think some it. of that has to do with the fact that 
there is nothing to see right now. Like, um, like, maybe. I, like my sometimes folks, movies come out at the right time. Yeah, but like my folks earlier today were asking me about, you know, is there anything in theaters that we should see? And I was looking down the list, and I, I, I don't know. I don't think that there's really anything that's out that's new. Like you can still see the artist, or you can still see Descendants. But as far as stuff that's come out in the last two months, that would be sort of family friendly because obviously Wanderlust we enjoyed, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to recommend for your parents to go see, though. Exactly. Hey, Mom, you want to go see a movie where a dude's chasing after people that's cock-flapping in the air? Then I got the movie for you. Yeah, that, that is Wanderlust. Um, box Office Mojo supplies us with all our Box Office numbers. Um, so thank you, Box Office Mojo. And I actually really enjoy that site because I always like to go see... Um, and I'll, I mean, I'll talk about it, what, what we've been watching. I like to see what movies, how much they make and what impact they made. And um, I think it's kind of interesting. Especially older movies. Like, it's interesting yeah. to see how, how much a movie costs that's 10 years old or 20 years old. Well, even if something, they have information you know, like Air America made like $90 million, but adjusted to like $15 movie tickets. Yeah. It's like a $300 million movie. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Back when people still like going to the movies. Yeah. I like going to the movies. Well, to the theater. I like going to the theater. Yeah, it's fun. We do, but most people don't. Okay. That's why people are more no, you're right. at home. Yeah. And that's why the uh, DVD market, market is so important. Speaking of DVDs, this week's DVD roundup, of course, if you go to Digital Bits, you can see all the DVDs that are coming out this week. And they do a great job of putting the pictures on their website. And you can click on those pictures, and it brings you right to Amazon. And you can buy those movies from Amazon from their website. And if you do that, you actually support the Digital Bits which I think you should do because it's an independent website and that's what they make their money off of. So, hey, help out the digital bits. They're fun. That was such an excellent promotion. I think I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> job. Did you know that they have video games on there now too? Yep. Can you buy those through you Amazon? Can. <laughs> you can. Uh, For four cents less than you can buy them at retail. So Really? Yeah. It's Why? Fifty nine ninety six. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Well, so that's like three cents because I think they're. 59. Oh yeah, three cents. Yeah, I guess that'd be three yeah. cents. Duh. Anyways, this week the Descendants comes out on DVD, which is oh no way, which it's is kind of surprising. Like because, I just said, it's still in theaters. Yeah, because it's still doing pretty well, actually. Yeah. I mean, not like you know, partially because the Oscars. Sure it's in the top ten. Yeah, because that's one of those movies that is a like sort of mainstream friendly Oscar. Yeah, that movie. might make a hundred million dollars. It might already be there. Wow. Yeah. Man. Still don't understand how people talk about that as as George Clooney's best performance. Yeah. I mean. Good. I love him in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> I love him in Up in the Air. Yes, that is great his strongest performance. Um, actually, I might buy a movie on Tuesday, which is The Adventures of Tintin, which comes out on oh. Blu-ray 3D and Blu-ray. Yes. Um, and then the movie Brad's been looking forward to on um, Blu-ray is Happy Feet 2. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Also, My Week with Marilyn comes out. Oh, cool. Um, the Three Musketeers in 3D, which... I could have saw for free when I was flying to West Virginia, and I chose to watch Friday the 13th, 2009, for the 17th time instead. Because it was on your phone or because it was on Cause, the plane? Because it was on my iPod. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. And also Young Adult comes out. Oh, um, cool. You know, I think it's a movie you should rent. And, yeah. And uh, Melancholia also comes out, starring Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> and you can see Kirsten Dunst naked in it. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I, I generally Supporting. avoid... Uh, Lars von Trier movies. <laughs> yeah, no. maybe like the fifth build actor. I don't care. Yeah. He's the best one in there. So that was uh, the the big ones that came out this week. Nothing else really of note. Um, if you want to see The Last Temptation of Christ on Criterion, you can get that one too. On Criterion? That's weird. That, that doesn't seem like a Criterion movie to me. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't like Scorsese. What? Yeah. I said it. 
I know. Hmm. What overrated director? Have you seen Hugo? What the fuck? <laughs> hey, time for real news. Does anybody have any? I have one Man, thing. We're burning through. I have nothing. Like honestly, all week I, I haven't felt like there was much. Um, anyway, so, so I don't know. Something out of the way. Sorry. Yeah. Real news. It's real news. So the only thing that really caught my um, eye this week is they are in serious um, final stages of releasing a Venom movie, which um, I hate to say that's it right. to... That's um, a horrible idea. Yeah, I hate to say it to um, comic book fans, and I'm using quotations here. Venom isn't really that great of a Spider-Man villain. Nope. His first story is amazing, where um, there's a there's a villain called the Sin Eater, and um, Eddie Brock was a reporter for um, the Daily Globe, which was um, which was a rival newspaper for the Daily Bugle, where Peter Parker works. And he found um, he pinpointed who he thought this person was. Then, when Spider Man exposed it for it was a made up story, Eddie Brock went to the church and was going to kill himself, but he bonded with the symbiote that Spider Man discarded earlier, and he became Venom and it became a revenge tale. And what was cool is uh, because. It really wasn't um, said in Spider-Man 3, but because it's a living organism, it had all of Peter Parker's thoughts. So right away, Eddie Brock knew that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. It um, hit his spider sense, and it did all this stuff. That's why some people are like, how does Venom know this in the movie? But they never yeah, really explained it. You yeah, it kind of knows how Peter Parker thinks and yeah. tries to outwit him. So one of the coolest scenes was is um, Venom was harassing Peter Parker's wife, Mary Jane. And so he would sneak into her at the room and... You know, he'd be like grinning and um, do all that stuff. And then Peter Parker gave up his black costume. That's why he gave up his black costume, because his wife was too afraid of it. Um, so to make a spinoff movie of Venom that doesn't have that story is, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, what they're doing with Venom in the comics right now is actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, where mean, they've they've got this story. Shoot, now I can't remember who's right. Is it Mark Remender? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's and Flash Thompson. who. Yeah, so basically Flash has the Venom suit and... But he's like sort of working for the military or something, and he can, like, he's got the power, and they're giving him a serum where he's he's kind of in control of it, and so it kind of lets it, um, you know, instead of him straight up being a villain, he's able to sort of harness this dark evil thing to try and you know, yeah, um, and he can only use it for so long and stuff like that, yeah. But I, that's not what they're gonna do. No, and I, that's fine, but you know. The, the problem is, too, is, yeah, I mean, it's you can make a movie out of that, but I don't know how interesting it would be. Yeah, and, um, and it requires you to it requires you to already know so much about Venom before they start adding all of this extra stuff on there that the exposition in a movie like that would just be ridiculous. So I don't know what kind of movie they're making, but they're the guy who the guys who made or the guy who made Chronicle is in final talks to make the movie. So I don't know. um I don't know what they're going to do. I I, th- I think, I mean, Venom's most interesting when he's at, um, attacking Peter Parker. Um, yeah, like, without Spider-Man in that movie, what, what I is mean, it? I guess the only thing they can do is there was a 90s comic called Lethal Protector where Venom was kind of an anti-hero. And Make him into some kind of Deadpool character? Yeah. That doesn't sound interesting but Actually, I, I, that was my least favorite time with Venom because he would be, like, in Maximum Carnage, a huge Spider-Man crossover, and he'd be singing songs and trying to be really witty. What? You know, you know this is dumb. Ugh. I like my Venom. I, I still have faith that that's going to die. 
Yeah. Like I really don't. That's think why I think Carnage go. is actually a more interesting character when the symbiote, you know, bonds with a serial killer, and so he has no morals, and it's already an evil person. Yeah, and just kills. <laughs> but, but, I don't know if they'll ever yeah. show that. Despite by the time they did Carnage, I was so sort of over yeah. Venom as a character itself. The, that the greatest thing that ever that happened. It just felt like oh, more of that. The greatest thing that ever happened to Carnage is a sentry flew him up into space and ripped him in half. That was pretty sweet. The greatest thing that ever happened to the sentry was they killed him. He did die. By Thor. But not until after they revealed that he had sex with Rogue. What? Just so saying. So fast, didn't know. Uh. Wait a minute, when the fuck did you rape me? <laughs> <laughs> when you oh, said man. Uh, Venom wasn't a cool character, I heard a thousand nerd voices cry out. Venom is not... I yeah, mean, I he's, he's cool in a, like... 90s. I'm not trying to start a discussion of it. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm just saying, like in the 90s, if you were a 12 year old, you kind of thought he was cool because he was black and he had lots of teeth and a weird tongue. But the truth is, when you grow up and you look at that character and you look at that character as a villain, it's really flat. It's really yeah. Like I said, the first story with him is really good, but then every because he became so popular that everyone tried to make him. They tried to make him an antihero. So, and even even then, that first story. they tell it on the TV show, the the, car- the 90s cartoon show, in a slightly different way, but still, what's interesting about that story close, is yeah. the Eddie Brock part, not really Venom. Like, if you if you separate Venom from Eddie Brock, the Venom character is not really very interesting. No. Um, it's more like a tool that you can add to other villains and make that villain interesting. And, you know, I, I, everybody I've talked to from Spider-Man 3, the reason they don't like it is because when I picture Venom, I picture him, a huge, muscular guy. Again, it's the image thing. It's not really, yeah. um, you know, what the character represents. Because I actually thought um, Topher Grace's Venom wasn't that bad. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, I just think he's uh, he's really... I, I just, he's, just, he's all right. And what, like, Marvel spin-off character movie has worked so far. I mean, yeah. they, they did yeah. they even had Wolverine and they managed to screw that. And up, Wolverine's so. a character that has, you're right, has a great history. Yeah. Yeah, where cool there's plenty of stuff they could do with yeah, that in his own right. Yeah. And yeah. Just, and and hopefully we will see a better version of that spin-off movie this year, which starts um, filming, I think next or no, week. Or no, yeah, something. next next year. But so, uh but can you think of anything like any no. other Marvel spin-off character that's No. Now if they made a like a Magneto movie it would probably be pretty interesting, but People didn't like Elektra. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, else? and and I guess X Men first X Men first class began as X Men Origins Magneto. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but well, then they it's not they, the same. They can't just they yeah. can't just do a Magneto story. Right. Obviously, it's not the same. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, how are you going to make a Venom story? So, and Magneto is way more entrenched in comics and is has a way better history. Yeah, and because he's sympathetic, so I mean, even though he's you know crazy and uh, he, he misguided. Misguided, thank you. He still has such a backstory that you could make a whole movie on him. Venom is really, you know, he has one, one dimensional. St- yeah, oh, he has yeah. one story with Spider Man, which is really good. Then after that, it's just, it's dumb. So, anyways, that was my real news. Um, James, you got nothing this week? I got nothing. Yeah, it's kind of slow this week. Nothing really exciting happening. Ralph McQuarrie died. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess the if weekend. he's the concept artist for the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. The original four, five, and six. Yeah. yeah. Inspired a lot of the look and if you um, the cool visuals we come to love. Speaking yeah. of which, if you um, get the Star Wars Blu-ray, you can look at all his designs. Um, there's a great feature on it on all the movies where you can go to concept art and you can click on them and like I mean, Darth Vader. They have all this drawings and concepts for him and things like that. So if you want to you know pay respect to him and see his work, how he influenced the series, really get the Blu-rays and check it out because 
I mean, it's not just a you know five or six pictures; it's hundreds of them. Yeah, they're paintings, and there's yeah, there's they're great. There's really cool stuff in there that like, especially that that really iconic image of of what became Luke fighting Darth Vader, and Luke's got this gas mask on. Like, just the design, like sort of the the art style of that yeah. world mm-hmm. is really rich and almost almost has a certain potential to it that seems even beyond what Star Wars achieved. Like, you kind of want somebody to go back to that art and be like, no, I'm gonna grab these little elements that were left yeah. out and make that into a movie because that would be really oh, cool speaking too. speaking of Star Wars, I forgot to say, there's actually a really interesting piece and I brought up Topher Grace earlier. Oh, yeah. Topher Grace oh, re-edited yeah. all the prequels for an 85-minute long movie. And Did the, you watch it? No, but the people on Slash Film said it's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one of the thing that, things that I bookmarked that I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I can't believe that slipped my um, mind. And the yeah. posters they had on there were really cool. Well, yeah, but those are just the Mondo posters. Yeah. I think they're Mondo posters. But I thought the posters um, were really cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I, I that's kind of cool that you know. I want to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna import all the <laughs> Star Wars footage in my computer and make my own 85 minute version. Did you watch the, the one he did? No, like okay. it's not available because he would get sued. But really, like, it was a private showing, I think. Right? Yeah, he invited like, uh, friends and stuff. I thought maybe it was actually online yet. No. I'm sure someone probably has it'll it. leak eventually. <laughs> it'll leak. Yeah. So yeah, someone else will do it. Yeah, but he's a huge Star Wars and Back to the Future fan. I was uh, reading, yeah. and yeah. if and if you have lots of money because yeah. you know you made Spider Man three and the, that seventy show, and then you do independent movies and you have lots of time, yeah, you know, yeah, good for him. It's cool. Cool. You got anything else, Brad? Uh, no, I had something. I lost my train of thought. I had something, but anyway, move on. Cool. So sure. we'll go right into what we've been watching. Um, and I'll actually start it off on something different besides my Robert Downey Jr. movies. I also watched Being Elmo this week. Oh, right. man. Is that is that on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Oh, and it shoot. is like the cutest movie I've ever seen. Oh, oh man. Being Elmo and Grouchland. Sorry. No, yeah, being no, Elmo no, no, no. Documentary. Being yeah. Elmo. And um, it's Kevin Clash is the guy who puppeteers Elmo. and um, Ninja Turtles. And Ninja Turtles. That's right. Um, and it was a really interesting story. He uh, said when he was younger he loved TV and he loved Captain Kangaroo. But then when he saw Sesame Street, he decided he's going to make his own puppets and his own Muppets. And he started putting on shows for his mom's daycare kids. And then it got him noticed by his local TV station in Baltimore. So then he started doing a kid show in Baltimore. He made all his own puppets and made his all his own voices. And then he auditioned for um, the Captain Kangaroo show. And they picked him up. And then Captain Kangaroo was... Um, during Captain Kangaroo, he also did a show for uh, Kermit, uh, the guy who actually designed all the puppets with Jim Henson. His name's Kermit, and it, the, Kermit the Frog's named after him. Oh, but anyway, yeah. so he was like roller coaster to outer space or something, or space roller coaster. So he was doing both those shows, and then um, he got noticed by Jim Henson, and Jim Henson said, hey, do you want to come and do Dark Crystal with me? And he said, oh, you know wow. what? I'm, I can't because I'm doing these two shows. Please keep me in mind. And then Captain Kangaroo got canceled. And so did his space roller coaster show. <laughs> but fate intervened and he got Labyrinth. And he did the scene in Labyrinth with the demons that lost their eyeballs and swallowed them. Yes. And it took him 29 takes to do that. And uh, Is that good or bad? Uh, well, it was really difficult, I guess. Huh. And this is, and uh, it's a really interesting story and in how he developed Elmo because he was given a couple like um, secondary characters on Sesame Street, and they asked him, you know, what was what is your motivation behind Elmo and why do you think he's so popular with children? And he said it's because Elmo needs you. 
he always says, give mm. me a hug. I need to hug. I'm proud of you. So the kids recognize that Elmo is actually needed by them. Like, huh. he needs the hug. He needs the kisses. And it's, uh, and it's a really uh, cute story about how he um, has all these kids come. Because he runs Sesame Street now. Yeah. And all these kids come down there and um, you know, want to meet Elmo. And um, he takes kids that have terminal diseases and they get to hang out with Elmo and him. And it's a really fascinating story. And it's a really good documentary. I think everybody should check it out. That's really cool. Yeah, that was one of those ones that I wanted to see before the end of the year last year. But And I mean, um, there's, there's no really like hardships. I mean, his biggest hardship is that he got so involved with Elmo because he didn't want anybody else to be Elmo that he um, kind of, um, his marriage ended and um, oh. he felt like he let, let his daughter down, I guess, neglected his daughter. Yeah. And so, he, but, I mean, he reconnected with her, obviously, and. He had LL Cool J wish her happy birthday. <laughs> and Jack Black, I'm guessing because Al went on Sesame Street and he probably just filmed <laughs> yeah. them saying Happy Sweet 16. And, but it's, a, it's a really cute story and he's a really kind of funny guy. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because there was a, um, I was having a conversation recently when we were, we were talking about the Muppets and somebody was saying something about how they're afraid that <clears throat> kids today don't really see Muppet, don't see puppets and and connect with puppets the way that we did and don't accept them as like characters. And I was telling him that there's a story. I don't know if it's in the documentary, but I saw, saw that guy tell this story about how when he meets with kids, um, they will, uh, they'll talk to Elmo and they will, you know, they'll have fun with Elmo. And then when they see him later and he doesn't have Elmo with them, they don't, they don't even really connect the two. Like they see Elmo as a person and they see him and they understand that there's a connection. Like they know Elmo's not real and they know that he's, he's controlling them, but they don't go back up to him and say like, Hey, get Elmo out or like pretend you're Elmo or do the Elmo voice. Like yeah. Elmo is the, is the puppet. Yeah. And, and he is somebody else. Well, yeah. Know? There was a moment in there where he was talking to a, a mentally handicapped child and, uh, you know, the mentally handicapped child says, why do you talk? And Elmo talks at the same time. And he says, oh, because we're just buddies and we hang out. And so it was hard for the child to understand that, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting. And I mean, he I mean, he has to have lots of patience. And oh, um, yeah. Oh, man. But it's it's pretty it's a pretty touching documentary because I mean, and especially someone who worked that hard to get where he is. The first time he ever uh, did a, a puppet from Jim Henson was he was in the uh, Macy Day's parade and he was Os- uh, Cookie Monster in one of the parades and hmm. I guess so he's the only he was the only uh, black puppeteer and Jim Henson thought that was really interesting because he he thought he only appealed to like uh, old white guys as Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting documentary. You should watch it. And I mean there's no like heart I mean you you it's cute and you know but there's no he slipped into drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's all about him being just being him a good guy. Yeah, and, and, and you know, sometimes okay. you need movies like that. And he's really inspiring how you know he helps children and stuff. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. That's cool. So you should check it out. It's on Netflix streaming even before it's on DVD. So you should definitely check it out. Neat. What um, else did you see? So I saw four Robert Downey Jr. movies this week. Four. Um, the first one I watched was Fur, an imaginary tale of Deanne Arbus. Her name is spelled Diane. But it's pronounced Deanne, um, and they <laughs> and made it. They made a deal of it. In, in real life, she is what? She's like an artist or something. In real life, she was a photographer. Ah, yes, that's right. Um, who would f- uh, take pictures of like circus freaks and dark things, nudists, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this movie was basically they took her biography and they made up the story about how she became um, who she is because her husband, played by Ty Burrell in the 
the movie, um, is uh, a photographer too in real life or was in real life. And he would film, uh, I mean, take pictures of, you know, ads in the Sears catalog or things like that where it's, you know, housewives modeling um, irons or whatever they're modeling. And uh, she was always fascinated by people that had disfigurements. And then she finds out that the guy who lives upstairs from her, Robert Downey Jr., is uh has the disease where your hair grows all over your body i forget what it's called like lichen something lycanthropy <laughs> yes um and so she stra- starts to starts this relationship with him and uh she falls in love with him and he's also dying because his lungs are deteriorating because they're full of hair <laughs> yes um, no, not really. Uh, but the movie is really bizarre. But it, it was the DP on it was Bill Pope who did the Spider Man movies. Oh, um, I don't like. I liked it, but I don't know how much I liked it because it's one of those weird independent movies where you know they make it abundantly clear that it's independent. But again, actually, Nicole Kidman is really good in it. Um, what was that look for, Brad? This, your, your use of independent is an adjective. I know what he means. I, I get what he means, but yeah, no, that's no, because I know you, and it throws me off a little too. But no, I yeah. totally know what you mean. No, I'm just saying because they they have a feel to them. Yeah, those yeah. movies. Well, just, and they, it's thinking of someone listening who doesn't know you, it's just like I don't know what you're describing. <clears throat> yeah. well, if I say a movie is independent, there's an obnoxiousness to it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, um. There are there are independent movies that are just movies that are independently funded, and that is where that term comes from. Yeah. And then there are independent movies that um, want so bad to be artsy and want so bad to be unique, and uh, that they draw attention to themselves. Exactly. Um, like the the whole point is, she went to bed one day and uh, she was saw a white rabbit which led her to robert downey jr's apartment and they had tea so it's a metaphor for um alice in wonderland and going through the looking glass so that it's an illusion but yeah um yeah exactly yeah well like why is that in there i know i I know exactly what you mean um but anyways i mean the nicole kidman's really good in it and so is obviously robert downey jr and they have uh all the like the main characters are really good in it and she was, uh, it, you'd have to watch it. It's bizarre. And the fur comes because her parents were uh, fur dealers and they put on shows. It, it, yeah, the really wealthy people. Is the term furrier? Furriers? Furriers? Furrier, yeah. Yeah, furriers, yes. Yeah. People who, yes. Sure. Dealers <laughs> and proprietors of fur. So, if you guys, uh, I, I don't know if I, I could recommend it. I'm thinking I'm going to watch it again with a um, commentary. Um, to see sometimes what he's going for, but is it the commentary of the director, or is it like a uh, group yeah, the director? Well, the director and, and writer are the same person, so oh, okay, yeah, that's always good. Yeah. Um, and then I watched a guide to recognizing your saints mm. with uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Robert Downey Jr. And Shia LaBeouf plays um, a younger version of him and his growing up in the eighties in uh, New York, New, yeah. New York. Yeah, I don't Staten Island, maybe somewhere in New York. And they're all these, they're just basically punk kids and um, how they all get in trouble and how he wants to get away from all of it and beco- and move to L.A. and be in a band with a Scottish kid he met at school. But, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a good movie. It really is. Um, it's kind of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> but Channing Tatum's really good in it. Um, huh. Rosario Dawson's good in it. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s not in it too much, but the scenes he's in, he's really effective in. Um Chaz Palam- 
Terry Palmentary is his dad. And uh, the chick who was in uh, The Lost Boys is his mom. He's like the dad from October Sky, where he just won't let him go. <laughs> yeah. You got to stay here and be with the family. And yeah, and it, it's uh, it's it's a kind of a powerful movie. Um, what are you looking at me for, James? Nah, just you referenced October Sky in a way that wasn't like unfavorable. I'm surprised. <laughs> I like October Sky. I never said I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's another really independent movie. I think the combined gross of both those movies is like $400,000. So, um, very, wow. uh, not very popular at all. But, I yeah. mean, it doesn't mean the movie is aren't good. Um, the performances, again, are really, really good in it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you should, everybody should actually. actually who who directed the, Fur? Is that a, um, that's not a Lars von Trier movie. No, no, no that's Dogtooth. It was uh, the guy who did Secretary. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But uh, that movie was directed and written by a guy who wrote a memoir, and then he turned it into a feature film, and then Robert Downey Jr. Um, worked really hard to get it made into a movie. He served as executive producer on it. and um, Surprisingly, that movie, A Guide to Recognize Your Saints, had a really long making of. It was like 50 minutes long. Hmm. And for an independent movie, it's pretty amazing. And for a movie that's not like heavy in special effects or anything, like yeah. that, like... Where they don't have a lot of technical stuff to show you the behind the scenes. Yeah, on. it was yeah. cool. They were talking about how they cast um, the kids and stuff and the look they're looking for. And the director didn't want um, Shia LaBeouf to be it because he's the only th- at that time he was doing Even Stevens. And I don't right. know how is Shia. He's good. Yeah, he really is. Because I mean, it's I mean, it's a tough part. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a drama, and then uh, yeah, it's good. Cool. And, and then the other two I saw were um, two romantic comedies he did. Um, one is called. Chances are, which stars Sybil Shepherd, and um, is he trying to fall in love with Sybil Shepherd? Actually, um, it's another one where he's like uh, he gets Sybil Sybil Shepherd's husband is uh, oh, what's his name McDonald Christopher McDonald Christopher McDonald, and uh, he doesn't play like like the bad guy or the smart ass like bad guy in it. He's actually the the nice guy, but he dies. Uh, he gets killed in a car accident, and he gets reincarnated into Robert Downey Jr. when Robert Downey Jr. is being born, but he didn't get a shot of this stuff that makes them forget exactly um, who they were in a past life. So uh, when he inhabits Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. meets his daughter because Sybil Shepherd was pregnant at the time, all these memories come flooding back and he remembers that he is this guy. And uh, so it was weird when um, his daughter kept on coming on to him <laughs> Because he was supposed to be his her father, right? Reincarnated in Robert Downey Jr. So that part was still weird. But a funny part was is when um, Robert Downey Jr. picked up Sybil Shepherd for their date because she fell in love with him again. Because you know it's her old husband. Yeah. Rod Stewart's Forever Young started playing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a Robert Downey Jr. song with my favorite artist playing it, and the movie is actually pretty cute. Um, again, when Robert Downey Jr. actually inhabits a different actor, he's really good. And uh, Only Used was uh, a movie from 1993 that starred Marissa Tomei as she was, it's another one of those like high concept, like romantic comedies from that era where she, out on a Ouija board, a name for her soulmate came across. And then when she was about to get married to her husband, a guy called and his name was that name on the from the Ouija board. So she went all the way to Italy where he was at. To find him, to see if she was supposed to marry this guy or if her true soulmate was there, and uh, and there's a line in it when um, Marissa Tomei is talking to her friend, 
and they're talking about how much they love each other. And Marissa Tomei says, I would kill a tiger for you. <laughs> and that's the end of the scene. <laughs> no, like, waka waka uh, at the end. Is uh, I played dead seriously. I would kill a tiger. Because of the time that we were in. India, <laughs> yeah. fending off tigers. And <laughs> no backstory, just straight up. I so that was bizarre. A tiger and then you. Robert Downey Jr. doesn't show up until like 45 minutes into the movie. Is he the guy on the phone? Is he? I'm not going to ruin it. Oh, no, oh I, I see no, what I, no, I, he, I No, he isn't. He says he is, though, because Marissa Tomei <clears throat> is so beautiful. Oh, okay. And the point of the movie is, is you can't, you know, you can't put all your stock into somebody that you don't know. And oh, okay. It, and Billy like Zane's in it. Of, and it's it, like he, the opposite of serendipity. Exactly. Gotcha. And again, there's a there's a great scene with um, Robert Downey Jr. in it, but the overall movie is just okay. Okay. Because he's not in it very much, and you're like, uh, kind of want something funny to happen, and it's not. Where's really my RDJ? Yeah. yeah. But he has a great scene where he's talking about how crazy he is and um, how he needs her, and that's about it. And That's then he cool. goes away again for 10 minutes, and <laughs> you're like, fuck, this movie's an hour and 50 minutes long. <laughs> so it's one of those cheesy movies. And uh, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Almost done with Tales from the Crypt. I'm on season seven, the last season. It's a British they, one, so they have a bunch of British... Uh, oh. It was filmed in um, England, so they have a bunch of British actors like um, Daniel Craig and uh, people like that. It's when was that season? Uh, 96. Oh, wow. Huh. Daniel Craig for 96, wow. Yeah, that's weird. So it's fun. Cool. I uh, I really only have sort of one thing to talk about, um, which is that I started watching Lilyhammer this week, which Lilyhammer is the the first Netflix produced show. That's right. Uh, I don't remember the name of the the main actor. He's that guy who's he's that guy who's he's always Sopranos, isn't he? yeah he's always a mobster in every movie he's ever in. Um, and basically the pro- plot is he's a mobster who. Uh, he sort of turns on the family that he was a part of and for, and then goes into witness protection agency. But he, he asks that he doesn't want to be, um, he doesn't want to be set up in America. He wants to be set up in Lilyhammer, Sweden, Norway, Norway, Lilyhammer, Norway. Um, and so basically he moves to Norway and he moves into this crummy little like shack that's just down the street from the local police officer local police chief uh and you kind of know like right away okay you know he's gonna end up getting in trouble with his police chief but and there's like i both enjoy it and at the same time have issues with it because like uh a lot of the fun obviously for them is having this like mobster be a fish out of water and then Mm -hmm. like you know he keeps using sort of these cliche lines and stuff like that that are they're they're from like classic you know mobster movies, but then in this context it is a little bit different, and that's it's kind of fun, but at the same time it's still it makes his character feel a little shallow because he ends up just being this sort of cliche mobster. Um, but then after after a little while, you kind of you you start to see a little bit more depth to him. Uh, but the the most fun thing, at least in the first episode, is that the the first place where he starts to get in trouble with the police is that. Um, he's sort of starting to fall in love with his other neighbor of his and her son's favorite lamb because they're all like farmers and like their sheep's in the road and stuff like that. Uh, this lamb gets killed by a wolf and he wants to like go out in the wool into the woods and find this wolf and kill it. Like, you know, and then, you know, dump its body in a lake somewhere. 
the way that he is used to. But then the cop is like, no, 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 you, you and your friends cannot go out there and do that because that is against the law. You can't kill wild anim- kill wild animals. Um, and so like that, that to me was sort of an interesting idea. And, and that storyline as to how he sort of gets set up in the town and starts getting in trouble is pretty interesting, but it's good. Like the production values are good. You know, it, That's it good. convinces me that they're in Norway, but, uh, I'll keep watching it. Yeah, they said, uh, one of the things I was reading in Entertainment Weekly, they said, because uh, uh, they asked the people at Netflix, are you concerned? Because all the episodes are made available immediately. Yeah, that's and, what was um, weird. And the guy at Netflix said, well, people binge watch on Netflix anyways. Yeah. So we make them available and you can watch them all and then... The weird thing is that I didn't even realize it was up yet until a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't think they did a lot of advertising. No, you know, like quietly. Yeah, like, I, I sort of feel like... It's one of those things that they should have had it like right now when I sign on to Netflix on the on the PS3, it comes up and asks me whether I want to go into real Netflix or kid Netflix. Yeah. And in I the same too. in the same way they could have like for a couple of days there had a thing pop up like, Hey, try watching our show that we made. It's called this and it's already in your instant queue. Because they did at least do that. Like yeah. they put it in everyone's instant queue. Um or at least I think so, because I didn't put yeah, it, it in is. my instant queue. Yeah. Uh mine too. Yeah. Laura's. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I don't like. I don't know why they didn't at least do that or have like the background be Lily Hammer. You know, get some buzz so people knew it was there. They just sort of snuck it out there, which is weird. Yeah, but, like I said, uh, I don't even know what it was if it wasn't Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Maybe they're not confident in it. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the best show. Like if it were, if it were on Showtime, I don't think I'd keep watching it. But I kind of want to support it and see where it goes. So. Well, yeah, because Terra Nova might end up on there too. Oh gosh, let's hope not. Because that was canceled by Fox. Yeah. Uh, for good reason, because that show's not good. <laughs> Brad? That's it. Um, I uh, actually remembered a couple that I watched in past weeks that I forgot to say. I watched Seven. Nice. Had um, you never seen Seven? I'd seen it before, um, but not yeah. in a while. Like, I'd probably seen it once or twice before. Um, that's still really good. It was on TV, so it might have been edited, too. But Have I told you my story about the first time I saw Seven? Nope. I uh, I rented it, and I put it in. And I start watching oh, no, it. Did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, tell people who haven't heard before. I start watching the movie and I feel like this is weird. Like it feels like it really just sort of starts mid story <laughs> and like doesn't really catch you up with what's going on or introduce you to anybody. And, uh, and the murders are already going on and I'm going like, this is weird. It's short artsy though, which I kind of expected anyway. So it's like, okay, whatever. And then like 40 minutes later, uh, the end is happening and obviously there's this whole thing with Gwyneth Paltrow at the end of the movie. Um, but at that point I had not seen Gwyneth Paltrow, like Gwyneth Paltrow had not been in the movie. <laughs> so I didn't know when, like why I was supposed to care about Gwyneth Paltrow. And what I found out was that that movie, that version of it on DVD was stretched out. It was on a, it was a double sided DVD and they had put half of the movie on one side and half of the movie on the other. I don't know why. The movie's not that long that they can't put it on a DVD, but they had done that. Um, they uh, they kept the video quality high by keeping the file too big for oh, one yeah? side. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, well, it's probably long anyway. But, but I, I think because I rented it, there wasn't anything that, like, telegrammed that to me. Like... I looked at it and it said, you know, when it's double sided, it's blank on both sides except for the inner ring. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. it says like side A, something, and really side B, tiny. something. Yeah, and either either I didn't notice or I read, oh, you know, like or because sometimes it won't even say side A, side B. It'll say like this side, other side, 
you know, and it could have said like other side movie. And I, <laughs> so I put it in or whatever. I don't know. Uh, or just the fact that when I put it in and it started a movie that told me like, Oh, obviously this is the movie side. Either way. Uh, I had put it in halfway and watched that movie the second half first and then the first half. And it was insane. So you Tarantino that movie. I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, so as much as I like that movie, it also has never quite worked for me. <laughs> uh, uh, on TV, it it kind of just goes like really quickly. Like here's this murder, and then here's this murder, and I because I haven't seen like the full version in a long time. I don't know if there was more dramatic and more complex. There's a lot of murders in that movie, so it does kind of just go. Yeah, there's yeah, um, there's seven. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, well, no. There's like the last two are combined. There's five. Yeah. So, and then the end. Uh, but yeah, like a, it's just kind of like there's this, and there might be one scene of Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman having some discussion, um, and then it goes to the next murder, and like, I yeah, like it's really rushed. And uh, I feel like the first time I watched it on just DVD, it was more dramatic and uh, had, um, I don't know, like more. Like an uh, more of an underlying storyline. Yeah. Uh, Remember, it, things are edited for TV for yeah. time. Oh, for sure. I think there's more to the whole Morgan Freeman retiring and Brad Pitt taking over his job. Two days to retirement. kind of rushed through in the TV version. So. And it's still like... It just uh, kind of made it seem shallow watching I, it on TV. I put, I put that movie in the same camp as like The Usual Suspects and, and Sixth Sense where like they're great movies and I love them and they're they're wonderful, but the twist is so important that then like rewatching that movie, it, it, it loses a little something. Um, and yeah, because it does, it sort of, those, those movies kind of tend to rush through things and try to, to get you to the end. Um, and especially seven, like I, I've always kind of felt that way about that movie. Yeah. And then, uh, the w- one where the, the prostitute gets killed, like, because they have to take oh, so yeah. much out of that scene. It's like not, yeah, it has no impact at all. Also, he killed a prostitute. Next scene, yeah. yeah, like they go down there and there's like commotion, and then they cut to like the interrogation room. And that movie and is crazy like, gross. Like how they can ever show it on TV. If you've is never weird. seen it bor- before, you'd wonder like why, what happened, like why are why are they in trouble? <laughs> like oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they can't show anything. So yeah. it's like they just kind of allude to like she's dead, and you don't know like what <laughs> the horrific thing happened. Yeah. So, <sighs> And then I watched uh, Cyrus. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was, um, like, I was hoping it would be one of those independent movies that's actually surprisingly, like, incredibly funny, but it was mm-hmm. just kind of so-so and creepy. Yeah, what like, movie does guys just make? Oh, they're making uh, Jeff, Who Lives at Home. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was just, like, you kind of expected, like, it's weird, and Jonah Hill's character is really weird, but uh, I, I kind of expected more me laughing out loud more mm-hmm. but it was yeah those like kind of watching these two people just kind of fight each other in a cerebral way what is the name of those 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 guys the writers directors guys uh duplass yes brothers. yeah the duplass brothers they uh, they, they, they like they like it I, it feels more like they they they're trying to make things like... yeah but it's also they they focus on sort of trying to make things awkward and uncomfortable for the audience more than just like having things be funny yeah you know um they don't necessarily let you like people and things like that yeah. at least that's how observant report is yeah it's true yeah uh and then i watched uh 
Oh, I've been watching The Office, which I know you guys haven't, but I think it's still pretty funny. And uh, the whole For- Florida storyline was great. Um, cool. So, The Walking Dead was good this week. Oh, that's what we need to talk about. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I watched this week. I don't know if I like this week's episode. I like the week before that, but this... Oh, uh, well, it, it's one of those things that, like, part of why this is so... We are totally about to spoil this. Uh, part of why this is so good is that if any of the characters in the show were going to be safe, it was Dale. And then they killed Dale. Like, yeah, I actually... I, um, I, disagree. I did not expect that at all. Um, IGN said it was a weak episode, but I actually disagree with some of the things what? they were saying. Um, one was the the whole uh, Carl story, and I actually thought f- oh, gosh, uh, the Carl story right. was interesting because um, I don't think the guy who was reviewing on IGN got it. He um, said that Carl was being stupid with the uh, the walker that was stuck in the mud, and I actually thought that he was feeling empowered because he had the gun, yeah, and he realized that walker couldn't do anything. And then when he was confronted with a chance to shoot it, he couldn't do it. I thought it was really interesting. I love the little scene that Rick had with him. And he, he, yeah, he, where say, he, he says, don't talk, think. Yeah. And uh, it was great. It, uh, I think it, um, it directs itself towards one of the issues that I've had with the show, uh, which hasn't been a big deal. Uh, but the truth is, I've, I've never felt like Carl is a great character. I think he has been an excuse more often than a character. Um and as a result, like, like giving him this little thing where suddenly he has a chip on his shoulder, like he has a history. There's there's some grief that were let's hope there's some grief and some depth there now. That to me is is really interesting. Um, to lose a great character to hopefully gain a a better Carl, like a more interesting Carl, is totally worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because yeah, ba- basically the. That that whole scene where he finds the walker and you think at first he's gonna shoot it, and then he just sort of toys with it. It is like it's it's a it's a little kid playing with a grasshopper he caught and pulling mm-hmm. its legs off. It's that same kind of thing where he's not just being stupid; like he's being arrogant. Yeah, because he um, lives in a world where he kind of he grew. Well, I guess he grew up really fast in the world when he kind of yeah. takes those yeah, things for granted. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that whole scene, and then to have that zombie come and kill you know what i told laura when that happened that's like a spider-man moment where he let he let that zombie go and it came back to get him (laughs) yeah and the the way uh dell died was different for a zombie movie where he got his guts ripped out yeah um yeah that was because usually you know they get bit and and turned and turned but that that was pretty we've hardly seen anybody get turned Mm -hmm. only tore forth that one guy um in this in the town the guy with guy's face bitten off like they tore him to shreds like th- we've seen them do oh, that before. Oh yeah, yeah. Dale just didn't get the whole full effect of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But it was it was weird to see like his yeah. I I don't know. I still thought it was it was sort of well. A, I mean, well, I mean, in so much like uh, I mean, the zombies will always bite, and you usually see them you know bite and rip things off, and yeah, you don't see them being fought with and them just tearing apart someone's guts. Very. I mean, you do, but it's shot in a different way. I thought, anyways. Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. I really yeah. did. Um that I, I think that show is getting better each week and building something that's going to be cool. I agree. What do we have? Two more episodes? Two more episodes. And then Mad Men starts again. That's Don't give a shit. Oh, it's going to be great. James oh. and I'll talk about it and you can go off. and Cool. Yeah. I'll go off and jerk it and then I'll come back. Thinking of my favorite character from Mad Men, January Jones. 
also watched Ugh. Comic Book Man. No. Oh, yeah, Comic Book Man this week. Comic Book Man was funny. Which I think also gets better every week. And yeah. I too. I'm going to be sad when it's gone forever after. Yeah. As they say for sure it's not going to come back. Well, watching the Tell Him Steve Deb episode, it sounds like they don't want to do another. Well, yeah, I, I know they. Oh, they yeah. I mean, Kevin really had to talk Walt into doing it. Yeah. So. I can see that. But even if it were just the six, I think it's been fun. <laughs> but I'll I love him that. Tell him I want him to come back. But. Yeah, Ming trying to sell that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How pissed uh, Walt was getting. <laughs> yeah. Ugly nerds sell to ugly bad <laughs> nerds, <laughs> not <laughs> beautiful chicks. Oh, but what man. I thought was shocking was that when that chick rolled in there and bought giant size X Men and yeah. the first appearance of Wolverine, dropping yeah. sixteen hundred bucks on comics for yeah. a chick. That was amazing. The dude's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Was this the week where the guy brought where the the woman brought in the box that was like uh like half a million dollars? I think so, yeah. 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 Where she brought in the box that was like her father's but she also read them and they were like oh, yeah, every important issue every was in important there. issue of like Fantastic especially the Marvel issues, stuff, yeah, yeah, were all in there and it was just like holy crap, you have like he Walt never even said that number to her. Like he would say like, you know, this is worth a lot. This could be worth this. Take but then it was it was just to us that he said, like, she walked in here with half a million dollars worth of comics. And I was like, holy shit. That's insane. Yeah, he also bought that original art, which is really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For himself. And you, I, I love seeing because I, I get like that. Like when I saw that uh, Amazing Spider-Man 23 and I wanted it so bad. Yeah, weak in the knees. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, I don't know if I should spend that money. But then uh, the next day, I happened to get tipped so much money on that delivery. I went right to the comic store and, <laughs> and got it because you know it's, it's a, hard it's when it's your sign. own money to yeah. you know, drop that much. But but when somebody when suddenly gifts you a whole bunch of money, you're like, yeah, oh, you're like I have to do whatever. This. And yeah, because you know I get that way every once in a while. Yeah, and it was cool to see Walt do that. Yeah, especially because he is so such a sort of flat guy. Yeah, and to then see him get really geeky over something like that is cool. <laughs> What uh, superheroes do they say they would have dinner with? Or super, uh, their little podcast video is pretty funny, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's always good. Darn it. I can't remember, but Mings was really stupid. Was it Mings or no? Maybe it was uh, Brian's was really dumb. I remember. Oh. They're like superpowers or who they, what superhero they would team up with. I don't remember. Now I sound like an idiot, but yeah, I don't it was remember. funny. Was it the one where Brian said that the thing he would pick was a car? Oh yeah, it was the car. It was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Now that was good because yeah. Brian doesn't have a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what's sort of fun about him. And like, I think it's funny. He's like, like what do you do here? And he's always on his iPad. I don't know what he does there. He doesn't. He doesn't do what's anything. His job. He what, doesn't what have do, one. What does he do in real life? He Live with his doesn't. parents. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yup. Wow, that's pathetic. <laughs> yup. He knows. He's it. also like depressive and suicidal. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Partially because he doesn't have a job and he's forty and lives with his parents. He was taking uh, depression meds and they ate all they ate away the wall of his stomach lining and he was slowly bleeding to death and didn't know it. Yeah. So when he got lethargic and even more depressed, he finally went to the hospital and the doctors are like, "You know, you have like a third of the amount of blood you're supposed to have in your body right now." <laughs> yeah, and it was you bad. You're amazed you're even alive. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Depression meds. Don't take them. Totally. Kill yourself. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. Um, um, so Anyway, Brad, what else did you see? That was it. That was it. So uh, this week, we saw John Carter. Brad, should people go see John Carter? Uh, you have to no. talk. People can't see you. <laughs> you can <laughs> You can say no, Brad. I don't think so, no. James, should people go see John Carter? Yeah, I, I think you should. It's a. I think it's a pretty fun sort of adventure movie. James, I agree with you. I thought the movie was pretty oh, awesome. Dude, I was really afraid you were going to hate it. 
<sighs> so hey, here goes the the really rad trailer for John Carter. Who is that? Our world is under attack, John Carter. That don't look like a fair fight. And Earth is next. Will you stay? Fight for us. Get on. John Carter fights for us! Soon we will seal the fate of this world. This might get dangerous. I did not cause this! But I will end it! Nothing will stand in our way. Let's see what he's capable of. Actually, it's it's not a really red trailer because they did no. a horrible job advertising this movie. They did, like and boo I, to the trailer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the movie's Which rated. Is what the end credits said is boo to the marketing. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah, because even the end credits, like, there's never a title scene here's until the logo we started with, and here's the yeah. title we started with. Yeah, it it actually kind of does feel like Andrew Stanton, like. You know, look, you want to change the title of this movie, you want to change all the advertising and all that, fine, but don't touch the movie. I'm not going to put a title screen in, I'll put the title screen in at the end, it'll say John Carter of Mars, and that's the deal we're going to strike. And that's the thing, is it, calling it John Carter of Mars makes sense, you learn who that is, and then it feels like a title. I was talking to somebody the other day, and... Uh, about this whole issue, and they said, yeah, when I see trailers for John Carter, I think, who the hell is John Carter? Like, if you put something interesting in there, like John Carter of Mars, you realize, like, oh, okay, it's a sci-fi sort of fantasy thing, and the main character is called John Carter. That's all you need to know. Like, why they... It's Maybe just, if I it's watch just the horrible. movie, I'll find out why a guy with a generic name is on a <laughs> fantasy planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I think it's really fun. Like, I you think don't, so, too. You don't see adventure movies like this, and that's really what this is. Like, you can't come to this looking for some, you know, like super humanistic story or like serious drama or or even like a, a plot heavy sci-fi movie like this isn't a movie about ideas as much as it is about introducing you to this cool world that is yeah, interesting cool. and fresh and different um different. How, okay how is it not different i told ryan at during the end credits it's like okay we want to make a movie that blends Pr- prince of persia and attack of the clones and what was the third one i said I don't know. I don't remember. But here's the thing. <laughs> All of Star Wars is based on these Burroughs novels. Like, like the production design of a book with no pictures? Yes. That's <laughs> No, yes, it is. Because he, he, he designed... I he, people like, interpreted words differently and like used their own imaginations. No, no, no. Stuff. Like, no. They shall be different. I was talking to Mick about this after the movie, and he was talking about how one of the... like the, the This movie was originally going to be made by the team that made Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. And the the design team on that like uh, one of the first things they had to make do was that the 
uh, what are they called? The thank or the 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 thark, the, the thark, uh, which are like they're the most alien of the alien. Like everybody else looks human, um, even though like they're supposed to be sort of red. Their skin's supposed to be red, but the thark look like aliens. And in the book, they're described as like their tusks are actually in their mouth and they have antenna and stuff like that. Like like he he gives you all this detail that is like that kind of world building is what early science fiction was it like it's in the same vein as like dune where it's more about introducing you to this world and all these politics and all that than really about like strong plots and like you know an action scene every 10 pages and all of this stuff that like movies over the last 10 years have trained us to expect the truth is Mm -hmm. this movie for a lot of people is going to be long-winded and slow and there's going to be silly I, stuff Brad in it. Brad almost fell asleep. I was looking over at him. I was going to rock his chair back. He falls really asleep in almost every no, movie. I wasn't falling asleep. The I only was guy I know who falls asleep in movies as much as Brad is my dad. <laughs> but um, why I actually like the movie is I, I, I is it was fun. I, I don't sometimes I miss movies that are fun. Yeah, and, like uh, you know the scenes where he kept on breaking out of the the soldiers with <laughs> Brian Cranston. What was his yeah. uh, what was his name? Um, Powell? Powell, yes. Yeah, he kept on breaking out, and they finally had to lock him up, which was, you know, um, kind of foreshadowing what would happen with him on Mars, where, um, yeah. he, but he got superpowers on that, and that part I actually really liked, too, when he used him to save um, the princess Deja, yeah. when he was jumping from ship to ship and uh, kicking ass. And that's, that's the, part of the other thing, is that I kind of was a, um, you know, I knew that he was going to be able to jump really high based on the trailers. And that's one of those things that can come across as very silly, like especially he in the first Hulk really movie. Quick. Yeah, no, I don't know that that's true. There's a pretty long montage where he has a hard time walking. Like, no, nah, it's like a minute. But it's cut together. Like they're trying to communicate. Like try and work with the movie. Did you here, want it Brad. to take longer? Like, to yeah. Would you? Did you want there to be twenty <laughs> minutes of him learning to walk? Like, I didn't want twenty minutes, but I mean, you can condense it with like a. Yeah. A montage of him a trying montage to walk. Of him trying to like walk. I, same day, I honestly, you know? at this point, I feel like you he wanted from, to hate this and those, movie. The jumping is like a couple feet. Like he goes from a couple feet to like. Oh no! I see. Three hundred feet yeah, yeah, yeah. in the air out of you know, yeah. Well, but that's kind of his superpower. Like basically, well, remember, he's given he, one he, superpower, and that's that he he's learned it after he threw that rock. A little extra strong. Then he realized maybe I could fly. Anyway, go yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> and he, eh, man, gosh. Yeah, I know. Uh, wow, that was full of hate. That gosh, was gosh, man. Yeah, um, like I can't understand. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie. Like, I, I will say the movie looks spectacular. There's, yeah, I mean, there's parts where it looks a little goofy, but yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, it, it comes from any time that you have this much CG in a movie. Yeah. Uh, when when everything is fake, everything looks fake. Yeah, you know, like it's hard. But there are, there are also times where um, CG characters will interact with things that are real. That then it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that there's some of that must be practical. There was one shot in particular where. They're on a boat, and one of the CG characters reaches out and slows the boat down by pressing her oar up against the brick wall, or the rock wall, and I was like, holy crap, that's a real oar. And I think it probably was. Oh, yeah. But the, the C, the, it was seamless between the real oar and the CG there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it does the CG doesn't look as good as Avatar, but as far as I'm concerned, the world is more interesting, and the plot, because the plot is more sparse, and when, it, when there is a, a plot, it's like... It just shows up a little, tells you what you need so that you can then get on with the adventure. Mm-hmm. I, I am not annoyed by it the way that I am annoyed by the plot in Avatar because it's not so heavy-handed and on the nose and all of that. See, like, I didn't not, even know. It's not I, trying to force itself. I was telling Brad, the, the, the girl in there, she's not from England. I, I thought her accent was really good. 
She's from Texas, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, no. I, I assume so is the guy who plays John Carter because he's in Friday Night Lights. He is, and everyone in that show must be from Texas. And uh, yeah, no, the yeah the whole I actually th- I, like I said the movie was really cool. I loved the action scenes. Um, like the, the whole the whole opening scene, like the, th- the the well the opening fight with the the cool like light ships was pretty yeah, neat. Exactly. But then the, to then spend fifteen minutes in like the Wild West setting up this character in a movie that is supposed to be a sci-fi movie, I thought that was really cool. Like yeah. Um, uh, I I that was where I sort of felt like okay, you're introducing me to this character and giving me something neat, or giving me something to hold on to, and then thrusting me into this, you know, uh, what what ends up being a cowboy in an alien planet, which is yeah. a really cool idea. Um, I don't know, I thought it was really fun. Me uh, too. And Willem Dafoe's character was really neat. Like Willem Dafoe is the the lead Thark, and uh, the and his whole character is pretty cool. You know. It feels like a, it feels like a movie that if you you could make a sequel to this and tell a completely different story in this universe and just use sort of the elements and make an amazing movie like this. Yeah. This feels like one where you could just they they're just sort of setting up this world and I think the world is really cool. Yeah, and I lo- I love the uh, the dog in it. it was always it was really funny. Uh, probably the worst CG in the movie. Like it <laughs> looks the least real. Yeah, but I still uh, think it's the funny, animation though. is good. Yeah. Like if you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. like. Like I don't it, care about it conveys CGI. it conveys character more than the flesh looks like real flesh. Yeah, you know. I thought it was funny that he ran really fast and yeah. I guess I'm like a and kid when it thing. comes to some if things. He can run really fast and like they're riding those slow animals. Just jump on his back and obviously John Carter doesn't have a problem with inertia, so he could totally handle riding that thing that fast to what was it the river of. Yeah, there were a couple. There, there was a time where I was like, "Why don't, why don't they just ride that thing?" But I was yeah. like, "Well, I guess they can't." And then yeah. I, ju- I, I, yeah. I got they, away from that's it. That's the thing. Like, frustrates me is there's just so many things you just have to accept, or they just don't explain. It's just. But I'm willing to do that. Well, good, good. good <laughs> no, like I, I, I don't like, think I don't think there's that much stuff. No. Yeah, I, I'm like I feel. Did you read the book? To me, this feels like. Um, did you see Gentleman Broncos? No. Yes. This feels like one of those books that those sci-fi. Uh, fans write that <laughs> it is or just that. like a bunch of elements just like really? together that they think hold are on cool. hold on it is that that's exactly what it is but here's the thing this is the one that started those like this is this is the hg wells of modern sci-fi fantasy like this book is important in the history of science fiction um and yes it feels that way because the guy wrote it in a time where he didn't really have the science that we have now, where we really knew what was going on. He was just coming up with things that he thought would be fun and making that into a story. Like, and if, if you can't have fun with that, all right, cool. But, uh, if you had shown this, (laughs) no, no, I know. And that's okay. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is if you had given me this movie when I was 12 or 13, I'd have sworn up and down that it was better than star Wars because or at least better than the Star Wars prequels. I, I didn't finish that Star Wars. Sorry. I wow. was, I, yeah, no, no. I, it was better than the Star Wars prequels by far. Um, because this is a movie with like coherence. You know, like there is actually something there and it's interesting and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel hindered by all of this bullshit. Like it's just there to be fun and I can, I can live there too. Uh, I don't know. I'm, yeah, no, I thought the movie was fun. I it was actually kind of <laughs> what made me kind of giggle through it is you know it's incredibly violent for a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, like, dude, it is. But I, you know, I guess if you have blue blood, it doesn't really matter. It's 
fake. Yeah. Well, and again, violence is okay for PG-13. Yeah. Like no, I know. I'm just saying, you know, you know, heads chopped off, him going through the middle of a, gave, a beast. This week you gave a four-year-old a copy of Jurassic Park. I'm just... Yeah. But I don't yeah. think Jurassic Park's as violent as that movie. No, I totally disagree. Intensity over... Uh, like, yes, plenty of people get their heads chopped off. But in Jurassic Park, I believe I just watched a guy get killed. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like, I, I put this movie in the same kind of, of genre as, like, The Explorers and Flight of the Navigator and, like, those those 80s sci-fi adventure films that were more about um, cool ideas than they were, um, you know. This There's isn't no Inception. This like, it's just something that happened. No, it's imaginative. It's 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 a it's something that I can I can play with in my mind and think like, oh, isn't that cool? Like, well, bad you know. if someone had a dick bitten off in this movie, would you like it more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if yeah, yeah, that's on me. I just, no, it's I'm not not to like it. No, I'm just no, you I'm are. Just, I'm just that's the thing. And here's the thing, Brad. This this feels to me a lot like the conversation about where you and I were arguing for uh, episode one. I would be surprised if this movie does well. I would be surprised if the Rotten Tomato score goes up on this movie during the few, next few days because people like it. Because uh, like right now it's it's like just below fifty percent because critics are are bashing it. Um, uh, and it it feels to me a lot like I mean I kind of predicted this. It feels to me a lot like Tron Legacy, where I went into that movie wanting to have fun and I did, and no one else did, and I don't understand that. Uh, so here's like what I'm saying is. I think you're in the majority. Like I kind of feel like I'm going to be that guy that fights for this movie and and you know in a year from now rewatches it and goes, "Oh man, John Carter was so much fun." And everyone is going to laugh at me. Um <laughs> that's just I don't know. It's No, that's I mean I don't that's, think it's a it's not a modern thing, movie. Like, it's like you're going to this fantasy world and there's like so many things that are still grounded in like earth terms like you know, the big the big central thing about this movie is like there's a marriage and like it's yeah. called a marriage and like um, you know, there's a creature that's basically like got every attribute of a dog except for exactly how it looks. Yeah, you know, it's just like they couldn't like go that extra step to just make it even more. Well, it's the same reason why it's the same reason why the Navi have breasts. Like, it's a movie for people. Or like, Star Wars. you have to, you have yeah. Like, there's plenty of stuff in Star Wars that is. Uh, there's some actually like really varied creatures and also the, like, there's only apparently three different types of creatures on Mars the like movie, in Star Wars there's just a vast like it feels really inhabited this one just feels like you know well for only, one thing the plant part of the story of the planet is, is that it's it, not it's very inhabited yeah, yeah but I mean well okay and they yeah. uh, they all really it used see. to be yeah like, right exactly water yeah, 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 yeah. the water and, went away and, but the thing is that it's also it's telling a it's got a lot of stuff that it has to tell you yeah. while at the same time trying to be a fun movie. Like, and so I don't, they can't, the story, they John can't Carter. get everything into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the story is way too big for what it's already a long movie. I, and I totally agree. But here's the thing. I, what I would have wanted this movie to be would be like a, a trilogy of films that is allowed to breathe the way that the Lord of the Rings breathe. Cause that's kind of what they're doing. Like, in a lot of ways, this is the Lord of the Rings if they had made five Lord of the Rings movies into one film. Um, they're they're trying to pull off a lot here. And so, uh, you know, 
I can I can certainly forgive it for not having enough creative creatures in it. When when at the same time, I think that the Thark are really creative, cool looking aliens, and and their their culture and stuff like that that I was interested in and fascinated by the way that certain things were working and uh, and the way that certain elements that were that are are human elements, things that we see on Earth, but are mixed up in different ways. Um, I was fascinated by that just as much as I would be fascinated by like a flashy, you know, oh, here's a monster and it kind of looks like a giraffe, but a lizard. I don't know. Um, I don't think that... I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, it does feel sparse and not not quite not quite a, a lived-in world enough. Like, everything's tribal. Like, there's no... Di- like, there's no real diversity to this alien planet. Like, all it seems like all the Thermians... No, those were the yeah. There's also like these godlike characters who, for Brent. no other reason than just like they're bored as shit, is they're gonna fuck around with Mars. Yeah, they're the yeah. Q, dude. Like, why not go to yeah? Like, no, they, they just don't care about fucking with Earth, or they do. And we just but they are, they are. Yeah, that's they're killing the thing. Mars first and then going to Earth. Yeah, no, for, they're, but they're for no reason. You know, it's not like oh, we want their resources. Well, when you have when you have tons dude, of you're power, a Star Trek it fan. Matter. They're the Q. <laughs> they really are. Like. There was a point at which, when he started saying that, I was like, holy shit, they worked the cue into this movie. And I thought that was badass. Um, and it is, it's also, uh, you could look the at it as sort of a... some light on the human condition. And all they no, made, they, they don't. They just made John Carter realize that. No, 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 no. The cue... His wife and child. Which is like <laughs> Daniel Craig in Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> nah. Uh, no, I, I think you're exaggerating what the cue do. And uh, anyway, I, no. Star Trek fight. Star they Trek make, fight. They force humans to better themselves through these unnecessary, but like uh, you're giving the Q nice motives. They give Patrick uh, Picard like a reason to like show the Q like why humanity is good. No, 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 no. Patrick In indirect way. Picard is forced to do that because Q is fucking around with everything and and making things shitty because he likes to do that like. The Q are out there having fun with the universe, and and because Q Q Q likes Picard, Picard gets sucked into it a lot. It, I don't I don't think it like so it's I'm it's it's you a, got that like the way I always interpreted that is like Q. Um, the like, motivations of the for the writers are using Q to talk about what's good about humanity, but the Q's motivation is not. No, I'm, to, I'm saying my interpretation of those stories was that yeah, like yeah the writers are doing that but also like his character is that he means to actually like he's not actually out to destroy he's there to in an indirect way make humanity progress I without being like without being was it um first like no was it the prime directive yeah without um with without using like they're kind of skirting around their own prime directive yeah, I got you. I but I disagree. I think the Q is an Iago character who is there to watch the world burn. Like he, he just likes fucking with people. Uh, but in, anyway, uh, uh, what Star Trek are we talking about? Next uh, yeah, it starts in next gen. Technically, there is a Q. There's a Q in the movie. Yeah, there are no movies with Q in them. Should have been though. Yeah, and the the new movie might have a Q in it. That'd be good. Uh, probably not. But the I like anyway. Chris Pine well, as Captain James T. Kirk. Anyway, let's get off this. <laughs> Here's the thing. Noob. Star Trek, big parts of Star Trek are inspired by Edgar Rice Burroughs. So, 
Um, I thought the movie was fun, and I think if you go to it, you should have a good time. Yeah, like I, it's like I said, I think it's a movie that you have to go in wanting it to be good and wanting to sort of escape for a while, and and I think that then it takes you on a, a fun ride. Yeah, I think it's a. I had fun. Yeah, it's scripted by Michael Cabin and directed and written and directed by uh, Andrew Stanton, which both of whom are are wonderful, talented Wally people. And Finding Nemo. Yeah, and Michael Cabin is a Pulitzer Prize winning author and the guy who wrote uh, or began the script that became Spider-Man Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's and it's got a, it's got a, all that. it's got a score by Michael Giacchino, which I didn't hear enough of. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to because it wasn't it wasn't his normal flashy score. It wasn't. It's was kind of yeah. subdued. Yeah. I think it's great, and I think it should have been called John Carter of Mars. Me too. Um. And I want to see another one, and I even think though there won't be they one. They should have found a three-breasted woman there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Get totally your ass to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Which we will also see this year. We will. Colin Farrell. I don't think... They don't go to Mars in the new one, though, do they? They don't. I yeah. don't know what it's about. Uh, recalling things. Yep. Totally. In, in totality. Totally recalling things. Yeah. Anyway. So guess what? So don't go see John Carter. Cause, go see John Carter. Um... Brad doesn't like it. So that was my stomach. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting for Brad to respond. He didn't. He didn't say anything. Respond to what? Your fart or? <laughs> no, that wasn't a. No, that was a intestinal gas movage. Nah. No, I was because uh, James said see it, but then he said don't see it because Brad said. No, I definitely think people it. should see it. I just think so that I, I, I was waiting for the the, the fire back. If this was a debate, I don't know. No, who every time would. I do, you just say it's great. Don't listen to Brad, so I'm just I think I had up. plenty of arguments. I, I don't think Brad's really listening to James. <laughs> what? Because I, I don't think James I said that don't listen to Brad, it's great. I never said don't listen to Brad. No, like I, I keep saying, I, I think that I'm most people are going to feel the way Brad says. The bear. I'm poking the sleeping bear right now. <laughs> I'll stab both of you. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get some rise out of Brad. Brad's all well, over. I'm sure some people relaxed. like it. I mean, um, but, but yeah, you, you definitely have to leave some, like, you can't like you gotta leave something behind like you can't go in like i did like why is that like that and why is no yeah it makes sense it it requires a suspension of disbelief yeah just kind of let your mind go yeah sometimes you can't feel like it's a mess and i guess an outsider i don't i I, I can't connect with it i don't think it's a mess i don't like there's so much i don't think that the editing i don't think yeah but they dialogue is terrible that's my opinion that's i yeah i never noticed that (laughs) i don't know I liked it, and since it's my show, you should listen to me. <laughs> there we go. Brad, um, Ryan, where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter, real underscore oh, nerds. There's they, something we didn't talk about, because last Saturday we all tried to buy Comic-Con tickets. Yeah, we did. And we didn't get them. Yeah, oh, because... The uh, news, the partially, partially because of the fact that that link didn't work. Yeah, well, What happened surprising. to you that morning? The same thing. Did you, you didn't get it. Did Brad text you like 10 yeah. minutes after 9 and tell you you had to copy it in? Yeah. Even yeah. then, when I tried to get in, it would... It wasn't working. It wasn't working. Yeah. And when I finally got in, I was 2,800th in line. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said um, the night before, I said, this has, it's going to have a problem written all over it. Yeah. I was afraid. Because they are dumb. And it's hard to get Friday and, I mean, Saturday and, uh, Friday and Saturday because you can, when, if you go one year, you can buy them for the next year while you're there. Yeah. But yeah. And that's the thing is that you, they like, I got, I got down to 800, I think when, or maybe you were at 800. I got, I I was there to buy tickets and by that time, Friday and Saturday were gone. No, that's, that's what I mean. Friday and Saturday sold out at what point? Like when you were at 400, I was at eight, something like that. But 
basically in 45 minutes they sold out of Comic Con tickets, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. but, but you, can, shame. you can find us at the Denver Comic Con this June. We yeah, will have a booth. Yeah, we'll have a booth. Have a booth. We'll be giving that stuff is away. Fifteenth through the sixteenth. Maybe some comics. Maybe some movies. Yeah. yeah. So you have to listen to our podcast. I might we bring some comics. A, that would be cool. Yeah, we have. We'll have uh, special giveaways. Yeah. For it by listening to our podcast and entering into the contest, and you can enter at the contest at. Well, we have to figure out the contest is first, but you can like us on Facebook, and then when you like us on Facebook, then you'll get first access to the news of the contest. You can win. And we also, I don't, we didn't really discuss the Starfest, but um, I want to do something for that too. So. Oh, cool! I texted you guys about Friday, but yeah, I haven't bought Starfest tickets yet. Did uh, you bought the Denver one? Then? I bought I bought all the whole weekend for Denver Comic Con. Yeah, Did you? No, I'll do that. I mean, I should have bought a ticket, a T-shirt. I, I'm hoping that they'll sell them there too. Yeah, they do. I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be fun. But Starfest, yeah. I think we should go Friday at least. I kind of, I, I kind of think don't so have too. A booth for nothing, but or wait, why Friday, not Saturday? Because it's cheaper, and um, like unless you want to see guests. Um, oh, I got you. And Sunday's just for throwaway. Yeah, I'll have to look it up and make sure I get that day off. Cause yeah, there's guests on Friday and Saturday, but Friday's cheaper. And what day is it like again? Half day. Tell people what day we're going there. Uh, it's in April. I think it's April 20th. For Starfest or Comic-Con? Starfest. Yeah, Comic-Con is in June. June. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can download our podcast on iTunes. You can also listen to it streaming on our Tumblr page, which is realnerds.tumblr.com. You can email us directly at realnerds, realnerds at gmail.com. And we also have a comment section. Yes, that Brad put up. Yeah. No. Oh, wait, I said that on the last podcast. You did. Sorry. But it's but still I'm giving, worth, I'm giving it's you still credit worth repeating because it's yes. not easy to do because Tumblr doesn't let you just add comments. So, yeah, so make sure you check us out. We love to hear from you. And the Twitter, there's a, some, you can catch our tweets somewhere. Yeah, I said that at the beginning. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, okay. That's when I interrupted you. Yeah, when you interrupted me. My show, I'm going to interrupt it. <sighs> what are Sorry. we seeing next week, Ryan? Uh, we are seeing 21 Jump Street, for sure. And then I am also going to see Casa de Mi Padre, which um, I hope James will be able to join us for. Hopefully. Yeah. But uh, And hopefully somewhere in the next week we'll get to see uh, Jeff Who Lives at Home. Yep, and at I, at I'm probably going to go see Silent House sometime this week. Oh, cool! I like horror I, movies. I won't so. go because it'll. Brad, though, because he's. I won't. In the I won't sleep for weeks. <laughs> Did you want to go see it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was. You kind of jumped ahead. I was going to do the like, Casa de Mi Padre. Oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So yeah, we'll see you next week, or you'll hear us next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Brad's wrong. <laughs> <laughs>